Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, student pastor John Irvin shares week three of the series, Core. In this message, John looks at the core value of serve and explains the five reasons we give for why we don't. Well, good morning, Connection. How's everyone doing today? Pretty good? Yikes. All right. It's going to be one of those mornings. All right. Well, um, my name's John. I'm a student pastor here at the church. And um, I get, again, another privilege to be able to speak with y'all. I shared with y'all last week, um, part of this core series, I talked about on the, our core value of invite. And um, I get the, um, the honor to be able to share with y'all again this week. Um, I promise next week, our fearless leader, our senior pastor, Brandon Williams, will be back with us. Um, he'll be um, finishing up this series, talking about the core value of encourage. Um, and so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about him coming back in here and us being able just to hear from, um, from our pastor again. But um, it's, been, it's been great being able to, um, to share with y'all. Um, Billy had an awesome time sharing with y'all um, the first week when he went through the core value of Invest. I hope y'all have enjoyed it. Um, I've really enjoyed this series. I think we're going to have an awesome time um, here this morning as well. And, um, um, but right now, speaking about Brandon, um, I just want to say that how incredibly thankful I am, um, for our pastor. Um, I'm so thankful that we have a pastor that, um, that seeks the Lord that, um, diligently, um, you know, searches through the word and, and speaks with conviction, speaks with boldness. And, um, over the past um, several weeks when, um, me and Billy have been, been speaking, he's been preparing for this fall. Just as Natalie was talking about, we have so many things that we're getting ready to kick off this fall. We've got a lot of incredible series coming up. And so he's just been digging in and digging in. And, um, I really cannot wait. I'm, I've, I don't think Ben is this excited about anything else um, in a long time here at the church. And so I'm just so, so thankful for him um, that he's leading us. Um, he's a, such an easy person to lead um, because I can look at his life and I see um, his just passion for the Lord. And um, I, just, I just hope that um, I'm able to have that same amount of passion. So I'm just extremely thankful for our pastor, um, Brandon. Um, today, uh, we are going to be um, continuing this core series. I'm going to be talking about the core value of serve. And um, to be honest, um, I've kind of struggled through this whole, this whole talk. Um, this has been last week when I was talking about invite. And kind of what I wanted to talk about um, came really quickly to me. Um, I knew it pretty much from the very beginning. I knew what I wanted to talk about, knew the points I wanted to make. And that just hasn't been the case for this one. Um, this has kind of been one of those things where I, there's been so many things, so many angles I could talk about. I mean, serving is all through, the, through Scripture. It's all through the Bible. Jesus talked a lot about it. And um, I had people coming up to me um, this week, you know, sharing, or, and actually the past several weeks saying, here's a good verse to talk about, here's a good verse to talk about. And I've just kind of been overwhelmed with all of it because I'm like, what, where do I go? What direction do I go in any of this? And honestly, even last night, I still didn't have it all together. I still, I knew some of the concepts of what I wanted to talk about, but I just couldn't put it all together. And I was just struggling. And um, I got a text from, um, from Greg, our, our worship leader here, and um, I wanted to read it. Um, because it was a very encouraging to me. Um, but he sent me a text and he said, you're ready to rock the message tomorrow. Um, cause I know you're going to, and this is about 11 o'clock at night. I've got all my stuff scattered across my table. Still have no idea what I'm going to talk about. And so I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. And so, I mean, I, I responded to him. I said, no, I'm really not just pray that I can pull this stuff together. And this is what he said to me. He said, Sometimes when stuff won't come together right, it forces us into a deeper place of reliance to let God be our strength and our weakness. I'll be praying for you tonight. I believe God is going to use you to change people's hearts tomorrow. And that was so incredible to hear because 
um, it hit me right in that moment that um, me by myself, me, John, I don't have much to offer. Um, but God, through me, has incredible things to offer. And um, I'm just going to pray that this morning um, that, that God, through my weakness, uh, can be great. And, um, and so... Um, I'm just excited about what the Lord has given, given me to talk about. He woke me up about four o'clock this morning and I was able to finally kind of piece some stuff together. So hopefully it's not horrible and, um, but I'm excited about it. And, um, but before, before I get into it, um, I want to lay kind of a foundation, um, to this, to this message, because if we don't hear this, then we're going to kind of miss everything. And I want to read to y'all, um, a scripture it's in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. It's a very popular um, verse. I'm sure many of y'all have heard it before, but it says, for it is by grace that you are saved by faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God. I want y'all to hear this morning. If you hear nothing else, we cannot work our way to salvation. This is not a message about us having to do enough to be able to earn the gift of, of salvation. That was a free gift that God gave to us through, through his son, Jesus. And so I want us to remember that. I, I want us that, that to be the basis of everything we're talking about here this morning. But I also want us to remember another scripture. And that's James chapter 2, verses 17, or verse 17. And that says this. It says, So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. We need to understand that once we've received Christ in our life, that we have a... Um, a responsibility to begin serving him. We have a responsibility to begin pouring into everything that, that, that God has done for us. And so it can't stop just at salvation. There has to be a step from that, that point on. And so works are, are involved past salvation. You know, to receive salvation, no works. It's, it's given by grace. But, but after that, we are called to serve. We are called to honor God um, with our time, with our, with our resources. Um, so with that said, you know, normally when I'm, when I'm doing a sermon, I like to come up with like one verse that kind of everything comes back to that. That's kind of like our starting point. And, you know, I was thinking so much through this and I thought about, you know, the scripture in Mark, you know, chapter 10 verses 45, where it talks about for the son of man, um, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life up as a ransom for many. And I thought about that. I was like, man, wow, what a perfect picture of serving, right? Because, like, Jesus is that perfect picture for us. You, know, you think about, like, the things that Jesus did for his disciples, the things that Jesus did for other people. I mean, think about one of the things that he did was washing his disciples' feet. Now, I'll be honest, I got some pretty nasty feet. I'm kind of known in the office for having some bad feet because I just walk around barefoot. Brandon's told me before, he's like, look, this is a place of business. You can't really do that. But he realized it's kind of a lost cause. I'm just... I don't know, I'm a nomad. I like to roam around um, without shoes on. And so they get really dirty. But like my feet are nowhere near the dirtiness of what these disciples probably were going through. Because they're, they're wearing sandals everywhere they go. They're, they're walking through dirt. They're, they're probably walking through feces. They're probably walking through disease. So many different things. I know that's kind of gross, but I think we've got to understand this picture of what Jesus did. Like it wasn't just washing some nice feet. It wasn't just getting a pedicure. This is something that Jesus had to humble himself before his disciples, he had to set the example. And I think that like he, he does, he sets that perfect example for us of what it means to serve others. And so I think that is an incredible scripture to, to lay everything out. But, but for me, I, I, there was still, there's too much. I felt like, you know, that, that's a great scripture, but like, I feel like there's, there's so much that needs to go in this. And um, so what I wanted to do is this is a little bit different 
Um, but we're gonna, just going to give you a heads up. We're going through a lot of scripture today because, as I talked about before, um, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm kind of weak. And so I thought that since I didn't really have a lot of good stuff to say, I just you know, open the Bible, figure I just read the Bible to you. And we do that for 50 minutes. We go get some chicken. So um, we're going to be reading a lot of scripture, but that's good. It's God's word. Um, but what I want to do is I just want to read um, several scriptures to you all. Um, before we get into the message, y'all don't have to turn there. They're going to be up on the screen. If Cole can stay up on me, he's been worried. He's not going to be able to, but I feel like he, if anybody can do it. So now he hates me for saying his name in front of everyone. Um, I'll do it one more time. Cole. All right. So I'm just going to read several scriptures to you. And I feel like this is going to help again, give that foundation for everything else that we're talking about. The first one's in Mark or in John, excuse me. Chapter 12, verse 26, it says this. It says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Psalm 113.3 says this. From the rising of the sun to the setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whether you eat or drink, Or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Psalm 86.12 says this. It says, I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. And Psalm 115.1 says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Pray with me. Father, um, this morning, um, I pray that those words that we just spoke, God, your words ring true in our lives, God. God, that we realize um, that it's about you. That it's about your glory. It's about your fame. God, I pray this morning you can get me out of the way, God. You can get us out of the way. And, And you will be the one that's praised this morning. You will be the one that is honored, that is served, God. We thank you for what you're doing here. I pray you just move in people's hearts this morning, God. Allow us to hear the word that you have for us. In your son's holy and precious name, amen. So when I was in college, um, my my freshman year, I was in a um, Bible study um, with several other guys. It was an awesome Bible study. Met a lot of my very, very close friends in that Bible study. Um, Many of those people are in ministry positions right now. And so it was just a real tight um, group of guys and uh, we went through um, a study, and we actually went through um, a book called Purpose Driven Life. Who remembers Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, right? It's a sh- hugely popular book um, several years ago. It was a bestseller, and he's talking about the, the purpose of life, right? And, you know, we went through that book, and it just it gave such practical ways um, for us to, to understand our faith, for us to understand our walk with Jesus. And, but the, the crazy thing is, for those of you that have read it, um, you remember the first line. When I opened the book... And we're, we're talking about, the, you know, people are wanting to know the purpose of life, right? You open up the book, and the first line in the book says, it's not about me. It's not about you. And it's like, normally, like, your first line in the book, that's the one you're wanting to, like, draw people in. You're trying to kind of butter people up a little bit. Well, old Ricky, he, um, he wasn't having that. He was just going to go ahead and get that out of the way, and he's just going to say, look, before we get anywhere, it's not about you. And like the fact that people kept on reading past that is, is pretty incredible. But, but honestly, he probably could have finished the book right there. Because I think if we understand that, we understand the purpose of life. 
It's not about us. It's about God. It's about giving him praise. It's about giving him honor. And I feel like when we think about this whole idea of serving, that so much of it comes back to it not being about us, to it, to it being about God. And so as we, um, as we go through this, I realize that everything kind of comes back to this statement. Everything comes back to it being about us. And so, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of go through um, some of the reasons that we give for why we don't serve. And you can serve in, in, in many different ways. You can just serve people every single day. You can just, um, you know, one of the commands says just love your neighbor. Just love other people. That's a great way that you can serve people. You know, there's opportunities all over the place here in this church for you to serve in the local church, for you to, to, to get plugged in. There's so many opportunities for you to be able to do that. But I think so often we give reasons for why we don't want to do that. So we're just going to go, kind of go through some of these. The, uh, the first one, first reason for why we don't serve is we don't have the time, right? We just don't have the time. We're just too busy. And a lot of times what happens is we say, well, I've just, I've worked all week. I'm just, I'm tired. I stayed up late the night before. I just, I've got so much going on at work. I've got so much going on with school. And we give these excuses about how we don't have the time. The thing that I think we've got to hear is that the reason we don't have the time so often is because our priorities are kind of jacked up. What we spend our time doing is is not really in line with what, with what God calls for us. And so, so often, just like in our finances, like when Brandon was talking about our giving several weeks ago, he was talking about one of the reasons that we're not able to give is because we've made such bad decisions financially in the past that we're not in a spot that we're even able to give. The same is true with our time, that we've gotten so committed to this different things. We've placed so many other things of higher value than God, than serving God, that they've become of greater importance. And I think that um, the, the, the reality is that so much of the time we, we, we put these things, you know, we, we spend our time going to the lake or going to the cabin or going to the movies or going to the ballpark or all these different things. And please hear me when I say this. Those things aren't bad. Those things are great. This fall, I'm going to go to my parents' cabin. It's going to be great. I'm not going to be here on Sunday. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm going to be cozy up in my nice wool blanket. It's going to be awesome. Like, that's okay. Please hear me when I say that that's, that's all right. I'm not saying those things are bad. But when those things become of a greater priority in your life than serving God, that's where sometimes we have an issue. In uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says this. It says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. Like, we've been given freedom. We've been given the ability to, to, to take part in a lot of different things, but we don't want to abuse that freedom. Scripture says that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so the thing that I would ask you is, what are you using that freedom for? Are you using it to serve God or are you using it to, to serve your flesh and just get what, what you want out of a situation? Because the reality is, is that, look, I understand. Like, we're all busy. I'm super busy. Like, I get that. I understand that completely. But here's the reality. The people that parked you in the parking lot this morning, super busy people. The people that are hanging out with your, your kids right now and are pouring Jesus into them and they're, and they're sharing the good news of Christ, they've got papers to do. They've got papers to grade. They've got you know, work to do at the house. They've got yard work to do. They're extremely busy people. The band that comes up here every single week, that practice during the week, extremely busy people. And see, the reality is, is that we find the time for the things that are important to us. 
And so whatever that priority is, we're going to find the time for it. And see, think about it this way. A single mom that has two kids at home and she needs to provide food for, the, for her kids. And so she has got to work two jobs, maybe even three jobs. But for her, she's going to find the time to make that happen. She's like, whatever I got to do to pr- provide a, a well-being for my family, to give them security, to put food on their table, I'm going to find the time for it. If I don't have to sleep, if I don't have to do anything else, I want to find time for it. Because why? Because it's a priority in her life. Like, there's, like her not providing for her family is not an option because it's a, of that much of a priority in her life. So what, what are your priorities in your life? What's important to you? Where are you, where are you placing your time? Because the thing is, is that we find time for the things that are important to us. So you don't have enough time? Reason number two, that we don't serve. We expect something in return. When uh, growing up, I uh, worked in the restaurant business for about eight years. And uh, I was a server for, for much of that time. And um, probably about six years into it, I, for some reason I remember this specifically, but... Um, I, I, was, I was serving on, on some people, and they were just kind of those customers that they just needed everything. They needed more ranch, they needed more Diet Coke, and like we, um, I worked at O'Charlo's, which is at the corner of Good Food and Good Times, and um, like we have these incredible roles that everybody loves. If you've been there before, you know what roles I'm talking about, but without fail, every single time people would come in, they'd order the meal, I'd be like, all right, I'll be right back um, to get their salads, and then they'd look at me and they'd go, hey, can we get some of those rolls? And I'm like, all right, when's the last time you came here that we didn't bring you rolls? Like, you're going to get the rolls. And they're like, well, I just didn't want you to forget. I've served 28,000 rolls this year. I'm not going to forget. Like, right? Like, th- but they were just one of, some of those customers that just were wanting, 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 wanting. And like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, why are they doing all this? Like, they're just wanting this or wanting that. And it just hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a server. Like, my job is to serve them. And like, I don't know why I didn't, it didn't hit me before. Like, I don't know why I just didn't recognize that. Like, it doesn't matter what they wanted. Like, I'm supposed to serve them. But the, 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 the reality is, is that like, I was getting paid to do that. And so that was my motivation for doing it. Is that like, I knew if I served them, if I took care of them, that I would get a good tip uh, and I would, you know, I'd get paid, I'd get a good paycheck. And like, that's why I did it. And so like, the, why I didn't just, I wasn't just going there for no good reason. I wasn't just serving out of the goodness of my heart. Like I wanted something in return. And so like, so often like our, the worldly understanding of serving is that like, we want something in, in return for that. Like we don't just serve for no good reason. Thinking about it this way, husbands, when's the last time that you just randomly decided to do some laundry, maybe do a little, little vacuum, do a little dishes, and you're just like, you know what? I just love my wife. I just want to serve her. Just, I just cause. Because the reality, man, is what were you doing? In the back of your mind, you're thinking, all right, if I do a little vacuuming, maybe my wife will, you know, like, and so, but like, really, like, that's what you're doing. Like, it's very rare. Do we ever want to do something that we're not thinking, maybe I can get a little something out of this. Women. I'm not, I'm not, not going after you. Here we go. When's the last time you use sex to get your husband to do something? You're like, look, if I give him a little some, he'll probably go mow the lawn. Shoot. He'll probably go mow it twice. Right? Like it's, but like, that's true. Isn't it? Like you think like, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to get something 
from you. And I'm like, man, how sad is that? That like, even for our spouse, like we won't just serve them for no good reason. Even for our spouse, the person that, especially for you, for you men, that you say that you would lay your, your life down for them, that you want something in return. And like here, me, I'm just two months in the marriage and I'm already guilty of it. I'm already guilty of expecting things from my wife instead of wanting just to serve her just because I love her. You know, and I just think that we think so often that like when we serve God, we're not going to get anything. We're afraid. Like what happens if I'm not taken care of? But like, let's turn to scripture. Like, let's see what scripture says about it. In Hebrews chapter six, starting in verse 10, it says this. It says, for God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we, decide, we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 8, it says this. It says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The reality is, is that God rewards us. God wants us to be taken care of. Scripture talks about how we'll be rewarded in heaven for the things that we've done here on earth. And we'll have to give an account for those things. So why do we keep on thinking that we're not going to get anything? Why do we keep on thinking that we're not going to be taken care of? Like, do we really have that little faith in God? Like, he's already given us the free gift of salvation. That's pretty good. Like, so why would we doubt him to be able to give us more things? So why are we worried about not getting something in return? We've already been given the greatest gift. Reason number three. We're underappreciated. The reason we don't serve is that we're underappreciated. The church is one of the most guilty um, people of um, abusing its volunteers. So often they're worked to death. They have to be at the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've got to, you know, do this and do that. And then when they, when they don't show up for something, because heaven forbid they have something else going on, they, the church comes to them like, well, where were you? We, we missed you. They try to like, you know, paint it off as like, oh, well, we missed you. And they just make you feel about this big, right? And like, and we just, we abuse them. And then and the, the, the other thing that we do is that we don't thank them. We just ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. But we never say, hey, you know what? Just thank you. And for us here at Connection, that's something that we very much want to protect. We're super appreciative of our connectors, the people that serve here at the church. Like, we are so thankful for them. And like, every single Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, we gather all of our connectors together. And we're able to share with them kind of the things that are coming up, things that we're excited about, things that we're going to be talking about here today. So we can be praying about those things. But it's also an incredible chance for us to be able to say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for serving in these different areas. And we can begin putting tangible things to, to what they're doing. We can begin showing somebody that sets up kids. And we can say, look, your setting up in, kid, in the kids area has a direct correlation to somebody receiving Christ. 
Because think about it this way. Somebody setting up some curtains in a kid's area is going to create an incredible environment for a kid to get to know Jesus. And so they'll be able to come into an environment that's already creative, that's exciting, that's just comfortable for them to come. And, and they, can, they can hear the words that are being spoken. And there's the potential of them receiving Christ in their life. And so because of what that setup person was doing, it had the potential of, of seeing a child receive Christ. Or maybe that setup person was putting up some curtains to create this creative environment for a kid to get to know Jesus. But what it did is it allowed a parent to drop off their child, feel comfortable about it, and be able to come into here in a distraction-free worship experience to where they could receive Christ themselves. And so here it gives this person that's just setting up a curtain and it, and it gives them a reason for why, why they do what they do. It puts... The, the responsibility on all of us. We're all a part of somebody going from death to life. We're all a part of that process. And so I want you to know that we are super appreciative of that. A couple of days ago, I was up in Atlanta and I uh, got to um, hang out with my grandma a little bit. She's awesome. She's 90 years old and uh, still kicking it, just going strong. And like, but she's the, the type of grandma, maybe some of y'all have um, grandparents like this, where it doesn't matter what time of the day you go over there, you can just stop in unannounced, you walk in the door and they're like, oh, I was just pulling some stuff out of the oven. And like, they put it on, it's steaming. It's just the best smelling thing in the world. Like literally I walked in the door, she just pulled out some like the most incredible coffee bread in the world. Like it might've had crack in it cause it was that good. Like don't do drugs. Um, but like, it was, it was just that good. And like, I'm like, how do you, how do you time this? How do you, how do you do this? But like, just such a sweet lady. And um, several months ago, she got to come uh, and, and experience things here at Connection. And I was kind of unsure of like what she was going to think because she's not really, um, you know, doesn't really go to church all that much. But when she did, you know, as a child, it was in like a, you know, that little white church out in the country, much different environment than what we have here. And I, I was asking about what, you know, what she thought. And she's like, well, there's a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of people. But she was talking about how when she's gone to some other churches recently, she's like, it seemed like it was all about what people were wearing. It seems like it was all about them. And she's like, when I went to your church, she's like, I just felt like it was warm. I felt like it wasn't about the people. It was just like everybody was just excited for for me to be there. And she's like, and so it was, there was a lot of people there that was kind of intimidating. And, and I explained to her about how, we really try to push smaller groups. We really try to push connect groups because we know trying to connect with people in this large of a group of a room is really hard. And so we try to get people into smaller environments. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. But see, here's the, here's the crazy thing is her hearing isn't that good. She can't, she just, um, you know, in big rooms like this, when there's like an echo, she can't hear anything. And so the worship set, like, it's just kind of noise to her. She didn't really understand what was, you know, being sung or anything like that. So that wasn't really the greatest for her. When Brandon got up to speak, like, because there was the echo in the room, she couldn't hear one word that he was saying. And, like, the funny thing is, is that she, you know, would kind of look around the room and, and like, whenever Brandon would make a joke, she'd look and see other people laughing. So she'd start to laugh because she's like, well, I guess something funny was said. Like, and so she's just such a sweet lady. Like, I love her. She's awesome. But, like, the, the thing was is that it wasn't the worship team that made her feel welcome. It wasn't Brandon that made her feel welcome and create that warm environment. It was our connectors. It was y'all. Y'all are who, who did that. And so for me, I want to say thank you. Thank you for making the experience for my 90-year-old grandma incredible. For her to be able to experience church in a different way. So thank you very much for that. And see, here's the thing. Is that when, when we begin recognizing that, that, that all of us have, have a different role, like incredible things can happen. 
I want to read another scripture to you. And this is in Ephesians. It's in chapter 4. Starting in verse 15. It says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I want you to know when we are all working properly, we can see incredible things happen. So we never want to get to a point that we overwork y'all. We want y'all each to be able to serve out of joy, out of love, not out of obligation. I think we can see incredible things happen when we all begin recognizing that. Reason number four. We're focused on our desires, not God's desires. We're focused on our desires instead of God's desires. That's why we don't serve. So often, I think, we can, um, we can begin thinking that, uh, that we're above it. That maybe we're above serving in a certain way. Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 3, says this. It says, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in, him, in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. I hope that's not me. That I might think that I'm better than I am. I might think that I'm above something. A lot of times we hear it this way. We'll, we'll have somebody come up to us and they say, you know, I really feel like I'm supposed to, to help people um, be led into worship through music. And we'll say, oh, that's awesome. That's great. And we, we're like, we'd love to get you involved. And we're like, one of the incredible areas that we have some opportunities in right now is in Connection Kids. We're really trying to increase that ministry and allow our kids to begin worshiping just like we're able to worship in here. We're really trying just to just elevate that ministry and we'd love to have you a part of it. And all of a sudden you have people go, oh, well, like, I kind of thought I would be doing stuff like on, on the big stage. And it's like, who are you serving? Are you, are you, are you, are you doing this for your own glory? Are you doing it to serve God? How often do we think that maybe we're above doing something? We're thinking that that, that, that's just not for me. I I mean, I, I don't need to be in the parking lot. Like I need to be on the stage. I need to be out in front of people. I pray that that's not us, that that we don't think that we're just above things. I think the other thing that we, that happens with this is that we're not recognizing the outcome in things. When it becomes about us and not about God, it becomes what the outcome is for us, not what the outcome is for God. I shared this verse last week. 1 Timothy 2, 4 says that Jesus has a desire for all to be saved and to come into a knowledge of truth. That's our, that's our God. Like he wants everybody to come into a knowledge of truth. 2 Peter 3, 9 says this. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, perish excuse me, but that all should reach repentance. That's what the outcome is for God. That's what he desires to see happen, is that people will come into a, a relationship with his son. That's what he wants to see happening. That's why we serve, is, is to be able to see that happen. It is all about seeing 
people go from death to life. That's what we get excited about. That's what we get passionate about. That's God's desire. When it comes down to our desires, it comes down to what we want to see happen and how we want to feel about something and what we want to get out of something. When the reality is God wants to see people changed. He wants to see people's lives transformed. Is that our desire? Is that what we want to see happen? Because the reality is, is this, is that just like we, that Rick, how Rick Warren put it, it's not about us. It's about God. It's about his kingdom. It's about what he's trying to do here on earth. First Peter four, verse 10 and 11 says this, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's what I want to see happen. That God's glory is, is seen. That God's glory is shown to this entire room. 1 Corinthians 10.33 says, Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. It's not about us. It's not about our own advantage. It's not about our own kingdom. It's about building the kingdom of God. Is that where we're at? Are we focused on God's desires? Are we focused on our desires? Reason number five. This is the last reason. Well, there's more reasons, but these are my reasons. Someone else will do it. The reason we don't serve is because we believe that someone else will do it. And a lot of times we hear it this way. We hear, well, that's just not my gift set. That's not what I'm, I'm good at. Like, I just like, I'm not good at like praying with people. Like, that's just, that really makes me uncomfortable. Like, I'm, I'm not good at that. Or they say, like, I'm not good at being in front of people. I can't really, like, greet people. Like, you know, put me in the, in the, in the sidelines. Like, I just being out front like that, that's just that's too much for me. Or, or they say, I'm just, I'm not a morning person. Like, anything else, like, I can do, but I'm just not a morning person. Like, set up, like, that's probably not the best area for me. You know, I think about that, and I'm like, what we're saying is we're saying that praying to, with somebody to receive salvation isn't important to us, isn't our gift set. That'd be like us saying that there's a friend of ours that had cancer. All we had to do was pray with them and the cancer would be gone. Would we do it? I hope that we would do it. I mean, that's pretty easy. Like all you got to do, pray, cancer gone. And yet we have the opportunity to pray with somebody to go from literal, literal death to life but we're not willing to do that? Like, I struggle with that. It's not about gift set. It's about seeing people go into the kingdom of God. It's about seeing people experience the same thing that you've experienced. Why would you want to hold on to that? You can't, you don't want to greet people. You don't like being in front of people. You don't like doing this. Like, literally, that, that's, that's it. Like, it's, hello, here's, a, here's an announcement card. Like, like it's so simple 
to be able to just like, or think about just like going to Walmart. It doesn't have to be here at the church. Like just being friendly to people. Like that's what we're saying is that like, when we're saying that, that that's just not me, that we're saying I'm not a friendly person. That's what we're saying. Or when, or when we, we don't want to get up early, we're saying I would um, prefer sleep over serving God. Sleep's more important to me than God. Like that, I mean, and like, I get it. Like I like to sleep. I actually had to give up sleep for Lent one time. Made it all the way to the last day, and then I failed. I'm not, I'm not the best person. Um, but, like, I, I get it. Like, sleep is, um, it was taking naps. That's what it was. I didn't clear, clarify that before. If you were wondering. Huh, awkward. Um, but, like, that's what, we're, that's what we're doing. You know, that we're, we're basically saying that these other things, for some reason, are, are, are more important. And it's just, like, the excuse is just, it's not any good. And, like, here's the, here's the thing that I don't get. Why would we not want to serve? Why would we want somebody else to do it for us? Like what Jesus did for me, like I'm extremely thankful for it. And like, that's not something like me then honoring God for that is not something I'm just going to give up easily. Like my praise, my honor that I give God, that's my own. No one can take that from me. Why would I voluntarily give it up to, to, to let somebody else do it? Like, I, I just, I don't get that. Why would I avoid wanting to, to, to see somebody receive Christ, to see somebody experience the same things that I've experienced. Why would I want to avoid that? And see, here's the thing is that we, like in, in every single one of us, like we want to be a part of something big. We want to be a part of, of like changing the world. We all, somewhere in us, we have that desire. Like we want, to, we want to have an impact on other people. When Jesus was talking to Peter, he told Peter that he was going to be the rock that he would build his church on. And you want to know what he said about that church? He said that that church would be so strong that even the gates of hell could not prevail against it. Like, that's us. That's the church. That's all of y'all. That like, we are a part of something that even the gates of hell cannot prevail against. That's something pretty big. That's something that I would want to be a part of. That's something that I want to get invested in. That's somewhere that I want to serve in. That's something that I want to do. I, there's no way that I would rather somebody else do that. That's the one thing I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get involved with that. That's going to be me. I'm not going to voluntarily give that up. You know, in thinking about all these different reasons that so often we give, the, the excuses really when it comes down to it that we give, I think about how what happens is that we just don't have a firm understanding of what it means to be, a, to be a servant, to, to actually serve other people. I think somehow that's gotten clouded over the years. We've, we've become so um, immersed in, in, in what culture says and how like, you know, because the thing is that we're served all the time. You know, I talked about it before, like you're served in restaurants, you're served in, in, in so many different places. Like we're, we experience being served. Like we understand this concept, but it's about what we get out of, out of the thing. It's not about what we can give other people. And this past week, I got to sat, sit down with a good friend of mine who I feel like really has a good understanding of what it means to, um, to serve others. And um, I want you all to, uh, to watch a video in which he's able to expand on um, some of those thoughts. Y'all go and watch. I've grown up in church practically my whole life. I've known all the favorite Bible stories. I've known all the cute Bible games you did in VBS. I'd win pretty much every time. Just saying. So just recently, a couple years ago, 
I began reading. And I came upon this idea of being a slave uh, to Jesus. And at first, this idea kind of threw me a little because being called a slave isn't really something people enjoy being called. It's a negative term for the most part. But as I began to read, I, I found where in history, uh, slave owners would brand their slaves to show ownership that this person belongs to me, that I own him. And this idea began to, to make sense to me uh, as I saw it scattered throughout the Bible um, of us as Christians are slaves to Christ. So with this idea, I, I really wanted to... Uh, uh, do something to, to remind myself daily um, that I am, in fact, a slave, so no one freak out or anything. But I got a tattoo, and in Hebrew it means slave. And it's just symbolic to me that every day I wake up, I see this, and I know that I'm not my own, that I belong to Jesus. One of my favorite verses that I've tried to model my life after is Romans 6:22, and it says, For I have been set free from sin and become a slave to Christ. And I think about that whenever my alarm may go off at 5 in the morning or I may have to go out of my way to do something for someone else. And at those times, I'm not thinking, Oh boy, I get to get up and serve because I like to sleep. But once I'm in it, and once I see what Christ is doing, and see the life change in others, as well as myself, I don't know why anyone would not want to do this. So sometimes I think when people may ask, why do you choose to serve like this and I kind of laugh and say they know I had the choice you know I'm, I'm a slave I want to tell you something about um, Matthew he um, Matthew works two jobs he also goes to school full time he also has a wife that, he's, that he loves and he spends time with. He also has guys that he pours into. He meets with me once a, meet, once a week. And uh, Matthew gets to church on Sundays every single Sunday at 6 o'clock in the morning. Helps us set up. He plays bass in the band. So during the week, he's got to prepare for that. He usually, usually leaves around 1.30 here after we've torn down everything. Back when we um, first started um, 212, our student ministry, him and his wife faithfully served in that ministry in addition to serving on the worship team. And so they committed another three hours to spending time with students. And um, he doesn't get paid for any of this stuff. He just does it because, as he said, he's a slave. And I don't say any of that to be like, oh, wow, look at Matthew. Matthew's so great. But I say it from the side that, like, he's got an ability to speak into this because he's busy. He gets it. He understands it. But for him, he finally had to come to a point that he understood what being a servant was all about. It was this concept 
of being a slave. And I don't have time to go into that in a lot of depth or anything like that, but I do want to read something to you. Um, This is a book that he gave me. It's actually entitled Slave. It's by John MacArthur. There's a section here that I'd just like to read. It says this. It says, We don't hear about the concept much in churches today in contemporary Christianity. The language is anything but slave terminology. It is about success, health, wealth, prosperity, and the pursuit of happiness. We often hear that God loves people unconditionally and wants them to be all they want to be. He wants to fulfill every desire, hope, and dream. Personal ambition, personal fulfillment, personal gratification. These have all become part of the language of evangelical Christianity and part of what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Instead of teaching the New Testament gospel, where sinners are called to submit to Christ, the contemporary message is exactly the opposite. Jesus is here to fulfill all your wishes, likening him to a personal assistant or a personal trainer. Many churchgoers speak of a personal savior who is eager to do their bidding and help them in their quest for self-satisfaction or individual accomplishment. The New Testament understanding of the believer's relationship to Christ could not be more opposite. He is the master and the owner. We are his possession. He's the king the Lord and the Son of God. We are his subjects and his subordinates. In a word, we are his slaves. That's an intense bit of writing right there. But I feel like because we don't have that understanding of being a follower of Christ, that's why we're able to make these excuses, these reasons. Because if you have that understanding that we are a slave to our master, that we, that is not out of obligation, but is out of a willingness that we, we look to it as a, as a joy that like when scripture talks about, about being a slave, sometimes they refer to as like a bond servant. And basically this is a person that was freed from slavery, slavery, but they actively decided to go back to their master because they love their master so much. And that's what I would say for us is that like, are we willing to submit to God and say, I'm here to serve you, whatever that means. If that changes my agenda, if it changes my schedule, I'll do it. If it's going to mean that I got to get up earlier, if it's going to mean I've got to spend some extra money, if it's got to mean I got to spend some time with somebody that needs to know Jesus, I'm willing to do it. Because in the end, I'm a slave. I don't, I don't have a choice in the matter. This is who I am. And we have to decide, where do we fall on that? Are we going to look at it as an option? Or are we going to look at it as something that we are all called to. Because the reality is that in so many churches, they should be turning people away from having to serve. But the reality is that they have to beg people to do it. Why does the church have to beg people to serve the Father, the Creator, the Savior that has given everything to us? I've got to realize that. I've got to think about that. This message has torn me up so much because I've realized so much selfishness in myself. I've realized it's all about me so much of the time. And I work at a church. And so, I don't want this morning just to be something where we're just, we're bummed. We're like, oh, I'm not doing good enough because it's not about that. I'm not trying to be like, oh, you need to do this better. I want this to be encouraging. I want this to spur us on to begin um serving and honoring God. So I'm going to close with a scripture. 
We're going to be able to sing a song. We will give God the, the praise and the honor he deserves. And um, that scripture is found in Philippians chapter 2. It's going to be verses 1 through 11. So I'm going to read that to us now. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who through he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father. 